Woohoo! Welcome back to another episode of Bold Perceptions. Thank you for tuning in. On today's episode, Nick interviews Matthew Beam. Matthew is a YouTuber, shoe collector, and just an overall great guy. I really enjoyed listening to the conversation between the two of them. Just a really open and honest guy about everything he does, how his shoe collection is not about being a hype beast and how everybody kind of portrays and thinks about who hype beasts are. And he was the exact opposite of that for me. And then he touches on his YouTube career and I checked out some of his videos and their production quality is crazy. So he's doing a lot of good things. And the coolest part is, is that he's bringing his friends along with him. And I think that's awesome to share your success with others. And so I really think you guys are going to enjoy the episode. I know I did, like I said. And just make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, reach out to us. We love that. We're building the community. So that's enough of me and my voice. Nick, Matthew, take it away. Another day, another dollar. I was on uh, the Snapchat a couple weeks ago and my buddy posted uh, a video on there and uh, it was to a YouTube channel. And it was, uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting video. I think it was about... Um, slime God, what was that video i totally forgot but it was crazy well made it reminded me of like some logan paul vlog and and i looked at the views and the views wasn't crazy but the production was you know off the chart so i hit up my dude i'm like hey do you know this guy um because it's it's pretty good work and he ended up com- connecting me to uh mr beam matthew beam and it's kind of a character he's got a big uh shoe collection does some youtube paint some cars, but um, wanted to get him on, kind of talk about why YouTube. Um, his shoe collection is pretty, you know, through the roof, and that's kind of a big thing nowadays. Everyone's kind of flipping sneakers and uh, that streetwear, and and also you got some good energy. I was watching them videos. I skimmed through a couple of them, and you got a, a good uh, feeling to you. So, Mr. Beam, Matthew Beam, can you shoot our uh, listeners a little background? All right, guys. So yeah, as he said, my name is Matthew Beam. I'm 23 years old, and I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I've been doing YouTube for about a year and three months now. Um, you want me to get into like why I started YouTube and things like that, or you want me to start further? Okay. So pretty much the reason um, I started YouTube. Actually, um, I've always been into like filmmaking for whatever reason. When I was a little kid, I would actually go to my grandma's house. I'd be like six years old. I would go over there because I knew she had a little video camera and I would draw out these little stop motion things. They're really horrible. But I would do the voiceover and we have those on screen recording still. And I would do little commercials for them and stuff like that. And then it kind of progressed. When I turned about 13, I made a YouTube channel back in 2011 um, about Modern Warfare 2, like trick shotting and gaming and things like that. That never really took off, but it's always just been like... um, in my life, I've loved to create content and try to entertain people. So once I started collecting shoes, I kind of saw that as an outlet to make videos for because I always wanted to make videos, but it's hard just to make a video without a subject. So I started uh, collecting shoes. I guess I'm going to kind of go off the road. You want me to talk about how I got into shoes? It's kind of a cool story. Yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. I remember that back in the, the FaZe Clan. Yeah, There's yeah. a dude that went to my high school. That was a, a quiet little dude, uh, FaZe Swan. Really? Like a million subscribers and and that whole scene is, is very interesting and and you see how many people are making money from youtube now but hold up i saw that one video you made and it kind of goes in with your whole shoe collection uh, vibe it's like uh live your dream and i watched that i was like holy shit this is like really good production and and then you had the the back to the future shoes in there and then i saw some other videos your your shoe collection's three hundred thousand dollars um yeah with like resale prices going up and down and stuff like that i would probably say it's somewhere around there i don't really ever add it up exactly or anything like that but yeah like you said i have the nike air mags the back to the future shoe i think on StockX those are like fifteen thousand right now and for everybody wondering out there they're probably assuming like all everything i had was given to me and everything like that so kind of the story with the shoe thing is i played basketball my entire life 
And when you play basketball, you kind of are into shoes. You wear some like Kobe's or LeBron's to play in, but nothing really crazy. And then uh, I think it was my junior year of high school. Um, we had to watch C Squad play. And one of my teammates was just showing me some shoes. He's like, bro, these are coming out this weekend. You should try to get them. And they were like Jordan 11s. And then I saw how cool they were. And he told me the height behind it. And I went home and like started researching stuff and learning all about it. And then one thing led to another. And I was kind of collecting in high school a little bit. But I just had a little bit of money. I didn't have a job or anything back then. So my collection wasn't that crazy. But it was always my goal because I would see these people on YouTube with all these shoes and stuff like that. And it was always my goal to have that. I never thought I'd be able to do it. So like some people are into cars or whatever, when they start working, they go get a nice new car. But for me, um, I got a job washing cars, making minimum wage. I think it was like eight bucks an hour back then. And I had the goal to buy the um, Nike Air Yeezy 2 Red October. And that was like a really, really hyped up shoe back then. Those things were going for like $10,000. Someone put them on eBay for $30,000, just super ridiculous. It was before Kanye switched to Adidas. And that was my dream shoe. It was like my holy grail. If you had that, it was awesome. So I literally was making eight bucks an hour and I saved for like three and a half, four months, just working every single day, trying to get in a little bit of overtime, not going to the boobies with friends, like making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, saving money wherever I could. And then uh, my family went to LA and I begged them to take me down to the shoe store one day on the trip. And we did. I had all my money, like four months. It was my first time ever having a job working that long. And like the hours and hours, like I was working full time for four months, you know what I mean? So like 40 hours a week, just so much work. And I pull it out of my pocket and there's this shoe right there. And I was like, do I really want to do this? And then I saw the shoe and I had like goosebumps and I was like, yeah, let's do this. So I, uh, I gave him the money and I was holding the shoe. And then I remember like it was yesterday, I went to uh, In-N-Out Burger with my family and I had to leave him in the car. I'm like, let's park right there. Like I just felt like everybody in the world knew I had them. And I was just watching like crazy, but like, I loved that day like what that meant to me because like it wasn't about the shoe like a lot of people think I'm just a hype beast like flexing it or whatever like when I look at that as cringy as it sounds I don't really see a shoe I see more of like how I had a dream and didn't think I'd be able to do it and like I just worked towards it and believed in it and just it's just like, like when I look at that I just look at the hard work and like believing in myself in the next chapter so then um you probably yeah, saw my hold on, hold on one second. That, that's interesting and this is why I wanted to have you on because this uh, this sneakerhead thing has really gone into the mainstream. And there's a lot of dudes making a ton of money off flipping shoes and those those websites, StockX and a couple others. Um, you know, I'm here in Italy right now, and all the Italians who are 20, even uh, you know, young 30s are wearing streetwear and they're looking for the new Jordans and like it's big business now. You got the Off White with Virgil, and and it's like really pushed into the mainstream. I see like Travis Scott really getting into things you know, take me into this world because I don't, I'm not really a shoe guy. Um, you know, it's, it's big business, but I mean, it's a fucking shoe, right? But it, I guess it's more to people, huh? Yeah. So kind of another funny story. When I got into, I was just like, you I had no idea what was going on or anything like that. And he shows me, he's like, these Jordan 11 gammas are coming out, um, at Foot Locker tomorrow. You should get a pair. And, uh, I had some money saved up at the time. I'm like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. He was telling me how rare they are and stuff. So I uh, call up Foot Locker as we're sitting right there, and I'm like, hey, I just wanted to see um, if you guys have these shoes I hear coming out tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they're like, sorry, we're out of raffle tickets for them. And I look at the phone, I'm like, I, I want to buy it. I'm not trying to win a free shoe for like a raffle or whatever. They're like, no, no, you actually have to enter a raffle to have the chance for people to buy it. And then I, that's when it like hit me how insane this world was. Like, I didn't think that you'd have to enter a raffle to spend money, like, you know what I mean? But it was just such a crazy eye-opening experience. And like you said, there's kids out there. I have people hit me up on Instagram that are like 14 years old, just reselling shoes. And like all of this, they started off with like a lemonade stand and then they moved it up and bought a shoe and just it all started from one shoe and just, you know what I mean? So like they're making serious, serious money from this stuff. And it's just a crazy world because how exclusive the shoes are, um, it just really adds up the hype and people want to be the coolest kid. Like those people in phase and stuff, they want to wear it, rappers, and then the people at school want to be like the rappers. So like, and it's such a rare item to get that they just boost up the prices like crazy and make crazy money off of it. But that's another thing with my story is I've actually never sold a pair of shoes. So uh, I don't, like a lot of people just do it to make money off of it. And I actually just really love sneakers. So um, I've never sold a pair of shoes or made a dime off of them. I'm just usually the guy buying them and pay, paying the crazy resale prices for them. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Um, 
there's like that 16 year old, 17 year old dude who made like a multi-million dollar business out of it. I seen him on some video with like a bunch of rappers. He's just this, this dorky white kid who's got the plug. I mean, he's, he's everywhere. Um, so you, you're not making money off this stuff, huh? You're just like a collector. I mean, was there an end goal with this or is it just to keep you know, putting on YouTube and the Instagram or, or what's your plan with it? So, yeah, um, basically just for whatever reason, I, I fell in love with the shoes and just loved it. I, I haven't made any money off of collecting shoes. I just really enjoy collecting them. And it was just kind of that fun thing is it kind of feels like a treasure hunt. You know what I mean? Like you want that one rare shoe. It's first off some of these shoes that I have, like you can't even really find them. Like if you go on the most popular app is called StockX or like Goat, and you can go on there and like everybody's just reselling them. It's kind of like eBay for shoes. And some of the shoes that I have on there, like, um, you'll see a blank space where the shoe would be and how much it would be, but it's not even for sale. So like not even just having all the money in the world can get you into this collection. Like sometimes you just got to spend months and months of first finding the shoe and then having the money, which is something really cool to me because I just enjoy like the hunt behind it and like making it like a goal and accomplishment. But um, I've kind of slowed down on collecting the shoes a little bit recently because, uh, um, sorry, my someone's trying to walk in. Um, I've slowed down on collecting the shoes just because um, I've gotten a little bit older and I realize how irresponsible it is to spend. The most expensive shoe I ever bought was those Back to the Future shoes and they were $7,000. And that shoe took me seven months to save for. And that was another one of those things like right now it's above my TV and it's like my holy grail and it's like the coolest thing I've ever done. But at the same time, I'm trying to put myself forward and move on to the next chapter, which kind of leads into like the YouTube thing. So it was always my goal also as well to like have a cool collection and kind of show it to people on YouTube. And my main thing is like not to like flex it or anything, but just to show everybody that I'm just a normal person working every day. And I don't resell the shoes. You don't have to do that. You can stack them up and you know what I mean? Things like that. And that's where that uh, live your dream video kind of fell into place because I thought it would be really cool to get a really high production video to kind of start my YouTube chapter. That was my first ever YouTube video. And so I got all my friends together and I was like, let's do this. And it was really cool. We flew out, I flew all my boys out to LA. I rented a mansion. I rented a mansion in Beverly Hills. It was like $1,700 a night on Airbnb, super sick. And uh, I hired my homie who's a really dope videographer. He's the one who made that video. We went up in a helicopter. Um, I hung those $15,000 shoes out the plane and just like made a really dope video. And a lot of people were really mad at me. Like, look at this kid flexing or whatever. But honestly, it was just, really just trying to show everybody like what you can do if you just work hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The message behind it. And um, like I've seen your kind of videos you've showed, you're, you're painting the cars and you're working hard. And like you're saying, you, you really saved up for this. Now you said you kind of grew up and you're kind of realized it might be a little irresponsible, but these shoes, is it kind of like define you? Is that what you started? You started collecting because a lot of collectors, that's what defines them. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I'm the baseball card guy. I'm this. Are you kind of like kind of getting out of that? And now you're trying to make a, a real message with the shoes, like you said, with the, the Yeezys. It was like, yo, if you want it, you can go get it. Now you're kind of like shifting that vision. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm just like a really driven person. And like, I like to have a goal that kind of feels unreachable. And back then, those shoes were that goal. And it's definitely always who I am. So like, instead of like going crazy over them, I'll just be wearing them. And it's because of who I am, you know what I mean? They'll always be a part of me. I don't plan on selling them. Those uh, Red Octobers, I paid 3800 for them. And now they're selling like way more than that a piece. And I could make a lot of profit off of it. But I'm just not interested in that. I like to go into my basement every day and just be like, I did this. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of always more about moving on to the next chapter for me. So I kind of just, I don't really know what defines me. I guess I just like to work extremely hard and my goal is just to make everyone around me um happy and hopefully like push on some success to other people like I got one of my other friends into collecting shoes his name's Kyle Young and he didn't know anything about it I introduced him into the world and he had not a lot of money and he ended up working at the same place as me and we would go to work at 4 a.m in the morning together and then I'd work till 5 p.m at night five minute lunch break and I kind of showed him the ropes and now he's got a really cool collection building and things like that. So I think it's kind of cool to experience new things and like bring people along with that experience. You know what I mean? And that's what I think is so cool about YouTube is like the crazy experience with YouTube that I probably had is uh, 
you're just talking to a camera and you just forget that there's people watching. Like even right now, it's just us three and who knows how many people are going to watch this video. So it just feels like you're talking to nobody when you're looking at a camera by yourself. And then I was at a sneaker con last year and this guy comes up to me and he's like, man, those zebra Yeezys you got, that was a crazy story. I can't believe that kid scammed you. And I was like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh yeah, I talked about that in a YouTube video. So it's like, uh, people get to know your story so well and know who you are so well that I really just like to make sure that I like present myself in the way that I actually am because there's a lot of toxic people out there and you know what I mean try to show everybody that they can make it no that's a very good point and like with this podcast the the conversations we have with people you can let others get in on it know what I mean you can't have a deep conversation with you know everyone in the world but this allows them to kind of have a sneak peek of of which you're uh, you're really about behind the scenes. Now, before we we move on from this the shoe stuff, uh, someone that wants to get into the space of collecting or or flipping, what do you suggest uh, they do? How did you start out? Did you make some mistakes? What would you have uh, done differently? First off, um, with that, I'm just gonna go off like what I personally do because maybe it's not the best way to like get into reselling or anything like that because I don't sell shoes. But my number one thing I always tell everybody is like, first off, buy what you like. Like I can't tell you how many Instagram messages I get of fans of mine sending me a picture of like three pairs of shoes. And like, should I get shoe A, B or C? And I'm like, well, which one do you like more? And they're like, well, I like shoe C more, but shoe A is more cool and might make me cooler at school. And I was like, I personally don't really, um, care my perception of other what people think of me you know what I mean I just want to I like to look in the mirror and just be like this is what's dope to me and I kind of tell them that but I'm like if it's your thing I don't hate on it if you want other people to think you're cool because of shoes then buy that shoe but I don't ever see a reason to like be like I know I like this shoe more but this other one's quote-unquote cooler I think that's really just fakes me and that's what I don't like about the whole hype beast shoe whatever thing you want to call that we do but there's a lot of people wearing stuff that they don't think is that cool but it's like the new hottest item and I've never believed in that. So I would just say for the new people coming in, like, hold up, hold up. I, I can tell you kind of beat your own drug with the, the 2010 Bieber cut, the haircut. Yeah. You, got. <laughs> yeah. you got your own style. I fuck with it. Yeah. That's another funny thing is I get so many comments about that because in the whole hype beast game, everybody has like the same comb over fade haircut and everyone's like, bro, you'd be the dopest sneaker collector in the world if you had a haircut like us. And the funny thing is, though, when I would go to school and I didn't have the crazy shoes that no one else had, I'd be wearing like the other stuff that was more common. And then the other kids would be like, oh, look at this uh, guy trying to ride their wave. He's like everybody else wearing the same things. So I think it's really funny. Like if you do the same as everybody else, you're a copycat. But if you have hair like mine, you're a weirdo. So it's like that's why I try to tell people never worry about what other people care to think because no matter what you're never going to impress them you know what i mean like my haircut i've heard about that a million times people think it's so stupid i could care less with my shoes they think it's so cool i could care less you know what i mean i just go home turn on my tv look over at my shoes and i'm proud of my accomplishments you know what i mean like that's the number one thing i learned with youtube is uh of course you take everything into account and you want to have people respect you and everything like that but like i'm not really worried about what Jake or Sarah or whatever thinks in Ohio and New York City like it's important that the circle around me that like my family and friends knows who I really am and you know what I mean like at first I really on Instagram and then when I moved over to YouTube I really like would read those hate comments and they would kind of beat me up inside but I was like I'm the one who is in this situation I'm very blessed to be here I work very hard I'm not going to sit here and worry about what every single person thinks about me you know what I mean so you just kind of read the positive ones and keep your head up and things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. How'd you get over that though? How'd you get over, um, you know, all the all the haters and 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 question yourself and like, damn, maybe I should get a haircut or or all that. Do you did you focus on your own little circle and focused on the positive or or how'd you get over the haters? I think first and foremost, um, before there ever was an MBeam 10, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff, nobody ever cared to hate on me. I was just another kid in high school. But then once I started to be that person or whatever you want to call that, that's when I started to get haters. So I started at the beginning, I really didn't like it. But then I realized that nobody hates on you, people that are uh, not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like people always hate on somebody successful. So then I kind of realized I was like, when I wasn't doing anything, no one had anything to say. But now that I'm doing something, they have something negative to say about it. Like, all kinds of my friends come up to me and they're like, yo, remember that one kid from high school that was on the basketball team or this or that? 
um, they think your videos suck. And like, I just, I, it actually makes me smile now because people go out of their way to have a conversation about me when I haven't thought about them in years or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm like, so if, whether it's negative or positive, it's like, I just appreciate that they're putting in the time to think about me. So it means I'm doing something. Like if someone's literally going to go online, I've had people type out paragraphs this long on how they hope that I die. My house burns down with all my shoes in it. Like the worst things you could think of. And I'm like, if this guy's going this out of his way to hate on me, like you just got to respect it. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. And that's one thing that I learned. Um, the way I got most of my following is a good friend of mine named Kais Omar. He's the biggest, uh, sneaker YouTuber in the space. I think he has about 1.3 million subscribers and uh, he fe he featured my collection on his channel. And that's where I got ripped really bad on there in his comments. But one of the things that he taught me was uh, he's traveled the world and done like meet and greets and met thousands and thousands of people. And he's been doing YouTube for about 10 years. He's like, I post one video and I don't even read the comments because every single comment's a negative comment. But I've met hundreds of thousands of people in person and no one's ever said anything bad to me in my face. So I think that's a lot of it too, is with our generation, there's a lot of keyboard warriors, like these kids puff out their chest. Like I'm sure I've done it where kids talk crap to me online and then in person, they want a picture and shake my hand, you know? And I've had that happen with friends. Like people straight up tell me, Hey, this guy's dogging on you. And then he's in my DMS at night asking to be in the YouTube video. So I think people are more prone to saying something negative than positive because they don't want to give people props towards things. So I just kind of take negative energy as the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, YouTube counts likes and dislikes is the same thing. So that's kind of how I take it as a mental thing. You know what I mean? It's like either way they're thinking about you and putting that energy out there for you. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with people that, um, that create the content or put themselves out there is to realize the internet is not the real world. Know what I mean, all the big loud mouths and talkers that post on social media are usually the quietest ones in person. They never say that stuff. I think that's a, a great point you made is um, with that YouTuber going around the world and seeing all his fans and all that. And then his YouTube's filled with negativity. You know what I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's something that anyone that wants to put their stuff out there, you just got to be ready for it. But just realize, I mean, the internet's a cesspool. Everyone gets to bring out their inner demons and, and project all their negativity on other people to get that little dopamine hit that maybe they're not, their life is not so terrible. But um, getting into that, that YouTube now, this is what I'm fascinated with is uh, do you put on a, a character? Like a lot of uh, YouTube personalities, you have to be up, you know, all excited, the cutscenes, the vlogging, uh, keep attention spans. How do you balance the, the line between being yourself and creating, you know, entertaining content? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I actually ask myself that question all the time, like, Going really back to the hate thing, like, I feel like I'm my biggest critic, so no one can ever say anything wrong with me. I'll watch my video and be like, why did I do that? So that kind of goes into this next question of, like, where do you cross the line of being, like, super cringy, like, over the top, like, look at this guy, and then being too boring. And I don't think that's anything, I mean, I don't think that's ever a thing that you can actually pinpoint, you know what I mean? Like, some guy could watch my video and be like, look at this tool, and the other guy could be like, I think he could use more energy. And that's something I've noticed sending my video to a lot of people and being like, what do you think? Was this good energy, low energy? And you get 20 different answers. So kind of my thing recommend like to other YouTubers is like whatever you feel is cool and who you are, you know what I mean? Because you'll never be able to please everybody. So that character persona that I am on YouTube, I kind of just built it and tweaked it to something that I'm, I like and I think is entertaining and keeps the fan engaged. Because if you ask 50 people, you'll get 50 different answers on who they think you are. That's another really interesting thing is uh, one of my friends, um, his name is Big Matt, he's in all my videos. He's got a really good friend that lives a few hours away from us and he watches all of our videos and he never met me, he just watches our videos and he came down and wanted to be in one of the videos. So he has like this perception of me from YouTube then he gets to meet me in person. So I was really curious because me and him have came really close, his name's Nolan and we're really good friends now. And I was like, I'm just kind of curious, how much does like what you think about me change after you, cause first you had a vision of like just the YouTube and now you know the real me. So what's the difference? And he's like, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. I thought that you were like super big headed and like super high energy and stuff like that. And I think that is what's funny for like YouTubers is like how we gotta kind of bring the energy and bring the excitement and stuff like that. And they accept, yeah, that everyone expects us to like be like that in person. Like, hey, what's up bro, how you doing? But you kind of just want to engage that viewer. But in real life, 
I'm probably a little more quiet and laid back and chill and you know what I mean? So it's kind of cool to see what people think about you online and then how it changes when you meet them. I think that's really interesting. Totally. Um, I, you made a good comment about you send the video out to 50 people and you get 50 different opinions. Now, how do you finally decide uh, whose advice to take or you go with your gut, the content you're producing? Like what is the, the final straw? Because if you have all these different voices, someone says, be more upbeat, be not more upbeat, don't do this, don't do that. You know, how do you get analysis by paralysis? Like, shit, I'm not going to put out nothing. Know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really difficult thing to try to do. Um, I, I still send out video, every one of my videos to all my friends and family and say, hey, give me advice on this. And instead of like taking what they say to heart so hard that I change everything I did, I just kind of have it in the back of my head. And a lot of it, um, I've kind of like taught them like, what the things I look for for them to say. Cause a lot of them were just like, that's a really good video. That's a really good, bad video. Like, like more of like, what were the details that you liked and things like that. So I can work on those little things, you know what I mean? And try to build that up. And like, I have a, like a really crazy, like addictive personality, like working towards things. So like I've watched, like, I'll get like a bunch of lists of YouTubers that people like, and that I like myself, like Logan Paul, like you said, is a big inspiration to me, obviously. David Dobrik's another huge one, Casey Neistat. And a lot of these YouTubers that are my inspiration come from like way different backgrounds and do different type of videos. So I'm like, okay, what does David Dobrik do that I enjoy the most? And I'm like, well, he just feeds himself and hangs out with his friends. So that's a big key part of my videos. Logan Paul really brings like a high production value, things like that. So I'll just sit there and just grind for hours and hours and take screen recordings of, I like this transition. I like how he said this. And a lot of it is just me kind of building a character that I would enjoy watching on YouTube. Because it kind of goes back to me saying how I don't think you can ever make everyone happy. So I like to strive to make perfection for myself and then just hope that other people enjoy it. Like since a lot of my videos now have shifted from shoes to like more comedy, because I felt the shoe scene was really um, the same thing. And I like to be creative. Everybody was just spending a lot of money. I wasn't really into that. Just flexing and doing hype beast unboxings. And I didn't feel like I could be creative with that. So I wanted to kind of transition into the comedy things, which I do now. And a lot of people ask me that same question, like, Matt, when you're making a video, how do you decide if this clip's going to be funny or not? And like comedy is such a thing where you could ask 50 people and maybe one of them laughed, maybe all of them laughed. You know what I mean? So the thing I do with that is once again, just what do I find funny? And I just hope that other people kind of have the same humor that I do, because I, th I think that's another really like hard to do thing and maybe fake thing to do is like I think other people would find this funny but I don't so let me try to write that so when I do like little skits and bits for my videos I try to find something that I think is truly funny because then you're able to do it better than assuming you know what I mean stuff like that what's driving you to do this um is it is it that comedy you got at sneaker con from the kid that watched your video or showing people that if you work hard you can do it too is that really what's fulfilling you? Um, honestly, um, I get paid pretty well to paint cars and I'm really happy with where my future is going and where I'm at financially. I have all the shoes I want. I have a nice TV. I'm able to travel when I want to travel. But now I've kind of reached the level of understanding and realizing like before I was just like, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go to Los Angeles. And I didn't care if I'd go alone. I actually went on a vacation by myself. And then I realized I was like, this isn't that fun. Like, and then I went to Kansas with my hilarious uncle Dave and I had the best time of my life and it's Kansas. And then I realized it's not about where you are. It's with, it's about where, why well, I don't know. I can't talk right now. Sorry. It's not about where you are. It's about who you're with. And that's really a big thing to me. When I rented that house in Beverly Hills, it wasn't about just renting the house in Beverly Hills. It was about being around my friends and I paid for a lot of them to come and they bought their tickets. And, uh, I walk into the house a little bit late. They were already there. I was at Chipotle bringing us food and I was the last one to enter the house. And uh, I'll never forget it, like Rockstar by Post Malone and 21 Savage is playing. And I rented this house with my own money. I'm 20 years old and I'm looking around and all my friends are smiling and laughing and we're in a $7 million mansion. And that's just kind of what's always pushed me is trying to bring happiness to my friends. Like I have a really big group of friends that I make these videos with. We call ourselves like the Beam Team. And I love these guys so much. And they all are very hardworking and successful people in college and working. But I'm such a hard worker that I really want to push us to the next level. And it's like my dream to be able to 
have such a big platform to be able just to give them all kinds of money let's just be in my videos and just have a great time so i think kind of what's driving me is just to be able to do what i'm doing right now but on a bigger platform just to be able to have so much fun with my friends and do things like that you know what i mean and be able to give back more like i love just doing the right thing and hooking my friends up like some of them are in college so we'll go out to dinner and it'll be on me i'll pay and we'll go make a video and just be able to do things like that more give back one of the huge things you talked about at meeting like the fan at sneaker con there was another person who came up to me and he's like hey matthew um, i'm a big fan of you but my little brother's an even bigger fan and he's in the hospital right now would you talk to him on facetime and like that really touched my heart you know our stories of kids like me getting internet bullied i could care less like the haters but like there's actual kids out there getting bullied and they're like hey you upload a new video every single tuesday and i come home and watch your videos and it helps me get out of my escape for a little bit they make me happy or just you know what i mean i love that's what really pushes me is making those people maybe laugh or even the people that aren't going through a hard time just laugh and escape whatever they need to escape and just enjoy a video really quickly and i really truly do just love this stuff like I haven't made a dollar off YouTube yet and I invest like $400 into every video with editing graphics, um, all that type of stuff. So like every single video costs me so much money and I'm not really benefiting off of it all. It's just something, like I said, that's always been a part of my life. I love creating content. So like if I never blow up on YouTube, um, it's just something I'll always continue to do. You know what I mean? It's just a really big passion of mine. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I think you, you made some good points about, you kind of made some money, you were able to travel, you had your shoes, you kind of, you were like, is this it? And you traveled alone on a solo trip. Then you realize it's about doing it with the people you love and, and making those good memories. And, and, and that's neat. But how do you not know they're, they're using you? Or how do you the, differentiate between the ones that are pushing you, the ones that are good for you, or the ones that they want to be next to this, the shoe collection or they want to be on the Instagram story? Yeah, that's a really good question and another really hard question that you can never really tell. Um, one of my friends asked me that the other day. He's like, how do we, I'm, this one kid's kind of sus. How do we know if he's actually using you or not? And that's kind of goes back to the thing of like, you can never really truly know someone's intentions. So you just hope for the best. But luckily, I'm surrounded by some amazing people. And most of my friends I've known uh, since I was 10 years old, way before the shoes or anything like that, we were little nerds playing basketball in our driveway or playing Halo 3 and eating Little Caesars pizza all night. So it's definitely been like a, my friends feel like my family and it's been a big coming together and growing together. But you're, I definitely like agree with you that that's a definite like hard thing to decide with somebody. So I'm really like, it's really hard for me to let new people into my life because I'm kind of worried about that. But also you can't be closed minded and just expect that everyone's there for the wrong reason. So I go more, the route of like just trusting people until they do something to give you a reason not to trust them. Like if people are obviously using you, then you kind of turn that switch off, but I'm not going to go into something like, Oh, this guy or person just wants to use me. You know what I mean? You want to kind of keep an open head and see what happens when you meet new people. I like that. Uh, beam team, the beamer um, through, uh, through the shoe collection, the YouTube, the working hard, painting cars, what, uh, what kind of advice can you give our listeners? What have you uh, really learned from your 23, your 23 years of, uh, of experience in life? So, yeah, um, I love this question because um, it's just really fun to be able to try to pass that on and stuff. And mainly the biggest thing is I think you have to have a goal. It's really hard for me personally to work blindly to try to make money or be successful without having a reason so before it was the shoes now it's youtube or buying that car you got to find yeah, it hold on hold on that thing that point you made though that goal point then you get the yeezys then you you, you get the whatever and then it's like that's it though right and then you have to set a new goal but isn't that goal kind of not as good as you thought it was going to be or that the journey was better um that's where I think it's not an advice thing anymore. It depends on the person. So there's a lot of people out there that uh, maybe your goal is to graduate college and get that degree. And then you look down at it and you're like, what is this? Or maybe you get that car or dream house. Kind of like how I told you when I started traveling, I think just to be honest and blunt about it, once you do get that goal, it's not probably going to be exactly what you thought it was. Like I was sitting there and I was shaking and I still am so happy when I think about it. But like, 
it's more cool to chase something down than to actually have it because I think as humans, we're just like designed to want things instead of like having things we're not as like, look at this whole coronavirus thing right now. Like no one realized how blessed you were just to be able to walk inside of a McDonald's. And now I think a lot of people are going to be so much more grateful after this. So once you reach that goal, it, it kind of goes into more of who you are as a person. Me being a really like driven person, I'm like, okay, what's my next goal now? But making sure that that goal that you reached still means something to you. That's why I still have those shoes. I go in there, I wear them, I smile, and I like to tell this story. I think that's another cool way to kind of make the goal mean something is to maybe inspire other people through your what you've done, you know what I mean? But I'm a very driven person, so I'm kind of always on to the next thing, which kind of I think is a bad thing sometimes because I don't appreciate what I just did. Like I've done like when we went to Beverly Hills the second we landed back in Colorado. Um, I didn't really take a deep breath like wow we just did that I went right back to work 4 a.m and I'm like okay instead of renting that house I need to buy it so I'm very like snap snap like okay let's go on to the next thing instead of like being like yeah I did it you know what I mean so that just kind of depends on the person but I think that it's a really cool way to be that way of okay let's do it let's go on to the next thing and make a bigger and better goal First piece of advice you said, okay, setting goals. That's been a, a big thing for you. Um, what else have you learned from that journey? Um, just that you got to keep working hard. I mean, um, nothing's going to happen overnight. When I bought those shoes, it took me four months. So it's kind of a minute by minute, hour by hour type of thing. I think Sports are really good to teach you things like that. I played a lot of sports, so I had a lot of discipline to understand that I'm not going to be the best basketball player overnight. It takes time. So I think that that comes with anything. Just being patient is very key. You know what I mean? Like with my YouTube, I don't get the most views in the world, but I'm patient. And instead of giving up, I work harder. Every single time I'll get more dislikes or less views on a video, I smile and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stay up three extra hours tonight and work even harder. Like, Literally, the kind of work ethic that I have on, um, I post a video every single Tuesday. Monday, um, I didn't really have a full video yet. I needed to add some more footage to it. So I was, I worked all day. I got off at 5 p.m. And then I go home instantly, shower and eat as fast as I can. It's about 5.45 now. And I start recording a video, do the best I can, and then, um, stop recording about 10 o'clock at night and then I got to start editing. I edited until 3 a.m. and then I woke up at 7 o'clock the next day, 7 a.m. and went to work and worked the full day. And then I had to edit a little bit more, add some voiceover work to my video. And I got off at 5 and then uploaded the video yesterday and then started on the next video and work. That's what I do every single day. If you watch my videos, it's a large collection of different days and different people. The virus right now has really stopped that, so I had to be creative. But um, normally, I record every single day with friends. As soon as I get off work, we'll record for three to four hours, and then I'll edit the rest of the night until about 2 a.m., and then I wake up at 7. So that's kind of, I guess, going back a few questions when you said what defines me, I think probably my work ethic. A lot of the people around me and stuff always tell me they've never seen anybody that works like me, and I like to inspire people through my work. And I think that's a big thing to be successful to be honest like how you said give others advice on how to be successful and reach their goals and stuff like that I feel like if you really need to be pushed and told how to be successful and how to work hard then you won't be um, my friend who worked for me Kyle Young I always told him that if I have to motivate you to get up at 4 a.m and give you reasons why then you're never going to get what you want you know what I mean I've never had anybody tell me hey Matt you need to work harder on your videos to be able to do this. Like I've always been that person who is willing to outwork everybody. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is you just gotta be insane work ethic. You know what I mean? Like just- well, I think a big key is too though, is that that's when you're with your friends, you're recording. And that's like a big thing for you is, you know, making them happy and having fun with them. So I bet a lot of the time it doesn't feel like that much work. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, 2 a.m. editing probably does, but you kind of found like your purpose, right? Something that makes you tick. And it's easy to work hard when it's not really work, huh? Yeah, that's the amazing thing about all this is when you're doing something that you don't love, it, it, it really sucks. But like, even though as hard as I work, it's kind of like what you said, I don't feel like I've ever really worked. Even when it goes to painting cars, I really enjoy it and love it. So I don't feel like I work. But I'll tell you what, when I wake up at those days on 4 a.m. or 7 a.m., I just got three hours of sleep. I definitely feel it. 
but mentally I don't feel like I work. I'm a very like happy person and I love where I'm at in my life. And like you said, with being around my friends is great. And the cool thing is, is when we make the videos, it's not really like a work environment or anything like that. Like it's really free flowing and we just kind of actually record ourselves. It's not a lot of fake things. We do little skits and things like that, but it's not like, oh guys, let's go record again. I kind of have, we have a Snapchat group and I'll hit everybody up who wants to chill tonight. People are like, maybe I uh, can't sign up play Call of Duty. And I'm like, dope. You know what I mean? It's not forced on any of us. We all love it. And that's why I'm really blessed to have the friends I do around me. I wish I could name them all, but I would probably miss a few people. But like, they are always like posting on their Snapchat stories. Like that's how you saw that one from Jaybird. I, I think that's who that person would be. And I just really appreciate that because like, if it wasn't for him shouting that out, I would have never had this opportunity with you guys. And a lot of my other friends shouted out and I've met people through them and got subscribers through them. And it's really cool that uh, they are willing to put in different work than I do. Like they don't stay up until 3 a.m. editing or invest the money that I do in the videos and the props that we use, but they really are there with me. You know what I mean? It's really, at the end of the day, it's more of our channel than it is mine. And that's what I really love. We all put in the work and it's just really cool. That's a, I think a big point with this whole content creating or creating a blog or being an artist, doing a podcast, YouTube, is you got to really love this stuff. You can't let the views and all that define you. You can't just do it to get famous because a lot of this stuff takes like five, six years before you ever pop off. You know what I mean? And it's usually like when you're about to give up is when you hit something, but it's about like the external things or what comes from your creation and that comes from that fulfillment. I know us on this podcast, um, you know, we kind of get some of those messages, like you said, sneaker con or this kid and wow, you made a difference in my life. Or, uh, you know, Jake, for example, um, started working out with a guy we had on. Uh, we, we built just great relationships through putting ourselves out there and, and, and throwing our, our content. And I think that's how you have to look at this stuff is you can't just look at it as, oh, I want a million subscribers or I need to make money from it right now. You got to really love it and you got to look at, okay, you know, not everything has got to be money. Not everything has got to be Instagram followers. You know, what are you really getting out of it? Yeah, for sure. Like everything we've basically talked about, how to get shoes, how to work hard, all that. Like you definitely got to love it because it sucks at the end of the day. Like, I mean, anything like worth doing or anything like that isn't really enjoyable the entire time. Like friendships, relationships, working, there's going to be ups and downs. And I feel like sometimes there's more downs than there are ups but she just got to find the positives. You know what I mean? Like sometimes my friends, we had a discussion a few months ago and they were getting a little upset that like views were kind of going on a downward spiral and we were working harder and we felt we were making better videos than ever before. But I just kind of ex explained to them that none of that really matters. Like I really loved in the intro how you said that you watched my video and it felt high production like Logan Paul, but I have 20,000 subscribers and get about 800 views a video which really makes me happy to hear you say that because I always tell my friends that we on YouTube, we can't control how many views or subscribers we get. We just can't, but we can control how high quality the content is and how good it is. So I think that's the really interesting thing with YouTube is if you're playing basketball, you're competing with the people on the court with you. You don't got to worry about LeBron James chasing you down, things like that. But with YouTube, I think it's very different because no matter who you are, if you're a, 12 year old kid trying to make a vlog channel, you're competing with Casey Neistat, who's one of the best filmmakers in the world. So everybody's on there. It's the biggest platform and they'll, their attention is so small. So it's not like you're just competing with the same people in your state or your room, or like I said, that basketball example, you're competing with the best of the best, Logan Paul, David Dobrik, Casey Neistat, PewDiePie, all these humongous creators. And here I am in Colorado Springs with my friends and we're trying to compete against them. So I think that's the biggest thing that drives me with this is that's that next crazy goal in my life. And it's probably the coolest goal because if you work hard enough with money, like one of those shoes, all it is is money. You can earn money and you'll eventually reach that goal. But YouTube, you can never for sure get the million subscribers or 10 million subscribers. Or those goals aren't guaranteed. Like I could have this channel for 30 years and never reach those goals. So I think that's very fun to me because I am so goal like driven. So I think it's really cool to keep pushing for that because when and if I do make it, it'll be so much more um, like fulfilling, you know what I mean? And then you kind of push on from there. But yeah, just definitely keeping your head up and never really getting down from the hard times because like you said, you got to love it.
Yeah, and I think um, like they had Mr. Beast, him and his buddies, and, and all of them. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you don't know when it's going to pop off. You don't know who's going to like it, but you need to enjoy the process. And I bet that, that Beast and all of them look back in the day when they first started off. On, and they had, entrepreneurs say it all the time. All of a sudden, they have the yacht. They got the big house, you know, the, the trophy wife. But they look back at like the journey and the grind and you know up and coming and and that that's the key and you gotta love the grind and you gotta learn how to enjoy it to to let this thing pop off. So yeah, I have something to add to that. My friends thought I was crazy the other day. My editor, especially Alex, um, we were kind of talking. We always are really like collaborating with each other, how to grow and things like that. And we were just kind of like, this kind of sucks because I invest so much money. We feel like our content deserves more. But I kind of like to. Like give them like little inspirational things so the other day i told them like in a weird sick way i kind of love where our youtube channel is at right now because as hard as we all work and i think our content is good i know one day we will make it because i'm not going to stop until it happens so i told them we can only do this once you know what i mean once you have red octobers you forever have red octobers once you have a million dollars you made a million dollars like there's no going back so like right now we're on that little treasure hunt of trying to be these YouTubers that we want to be or be in the situation we want to be. So I told them in a weird, sick way, enjoy this thirst and anger that it's not working or whatever you may be expressing through this, because we're only going to feel this for a certain amount of time until it happens. And then once it happens, you're going to miss the days where we were grinding like this. So in a weird way, I really enjoy like, man, how am I going to get a hundred more subscribers or this or that? Because hopefully in the future, you know what I mean? The worries will be way less and we can be looking back on how much we enjoyed the journey because I always see life in ways like that. Like my, like how you said, what happens when the goal isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. I wanted 10,000 subscribers. I hit it. I wanted 20,000 subscribers. So you're always just continually pushing forward and stuff. So I always think back to the time where it's like, I may not be the biggest YouTuber in the world right now, but there was a time where I wanted a hundred views a video and now I have that. So I kind of always look at it as a positive thing instead of a negative. It's like, okay, I may not be where I want to be, but I am where I wanted to be three weeks ago. So I think that's a big way to set goals as well as instead of being where you want to be in where you're 50, think about where you want to be tomorrow, where you want to be, you know, and I'm also that way a lot with um, planning out my schedule. So like today I knew that I was going to shoot with you guys at 12. And so I got to work at 6am and tried to paint this car as fast as possible and then I'm going to paint this red car in a little bit later. And then tonight I'm going to try to record a video. So like, boom, boom, boom. I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I don't have to waste time wondering, you know what I mean? So I think those are all ways to like be more successful, I guess I would say. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Um, the Just being grateful and just being like, wow, look at what I have done. I mean, like, don't be satisfied with it, but appreciate what the hell you got, what you've, what you've accomplished and, and then just keep going. But if you just keep looking ahead to the next thing, you'll never, ever be satisfied. So I think uh, that's a big lesson. Beam, as we uh, finish up this, um, uh, this little podcast here, what, uh, we have a community. We're about to give into one another, connecting the doers. What kind of um, things could you offer uh, someone that might be listening to this? They want to start a YouTube channel. They want to get into shoe collection. Cause they, could they hit up your DMs or how would you go about that? Yeah, um, the best way to contact me is probably on Instagram DMs. Um, I read everything on there. As far as like collabing, you mean, or just like in general? Yeah, just advice or, you know, want to, you know, yeah, get in touch with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was a big thing when I was younger is always wanting to reach out to the creators. And sometimes they're not always the nicest people. They don't end up being who you think they are or they don't message you back. But I'm a big believer in um, messaging everyone back and that I can. Sometimes it, it's hard and I'm busy, but there was a guy who added me on Instagram the other day and he was like, I would love to see your sneaker collection like one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm like, here, add my Snapchat. We were on an hour FaceTime call and I showed him the collection. He's like, can you pull those out? And I message him every day. So I think it's really cool because I'm really about inspiring the next person. And if I can help do that anyway, I'm more than happy to. So yeah, my Instagram and beam 10 um, I'm always reading DMS as much as I can. Sometimes it gets a little hard when people are just asking, Hey, can you follow me back? I'm more down to have a conversation than just give them shout outs or following them or whatever they may want to do. But yeah, I love to have a good conversation with people and it's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. You got to give value to, to receive it too. There's only so much time. Um, 
I was gonna say, what what uh, what do you got planned for the future here? The next six months, the next year. What are what are the big goals you got, and and what can our fans and our listeners uh, look forward to from uh, the, the YouTube channel is M Beam Ten, right? Yeah, it's M Beam Ten across all platforms: Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. But uh, as far as me, I think that um, hopefully I'll be doing the same thing, just maybe at a have more subscribers. That's the thing that makes me really happy that I could tell my friends as well is it doesn't matter if we go super viral and we have the most subscribers on YouTube tomorrow, if we have a hundred million or if we lost 10 subscribers or whatever, no matter what, um, we're going to be making the same videos that we make now, which I feel like is as high quality as I possibly can make them. And kind of like what you said is if you always are just looking towards the future and having goals, you're never really satisfied. But I think that's kind of my curse. That's kind of who I am, but that's what keeps me going. So no matter what, I'm just going to keep pushing forward and making my, like, striving for perfection, which I know there isn't such thing as, which is awesome because I can just keep making my videos better and better and better. So honestly, I have no idea where I'll be at subscriber-wise or anything like that because I don't really shoot for numbers. I just shoot for hopefully my content's a lot better and we're doing the same thing. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I want to see this going. Cool. Well, I'll be definitely checking out some more videos from you. I hope our, our listeners got a good little in-depth taste of who you are and, and they'll do the same, but Hey, I appreciate you having on. Um, I felt that good energy from them blogs and, and, uh, you definitely backed it up one-on-one -on -one here and, uh, it was good, man. You got a, you got a good vibe to you. You got a, I, I love the Bieber haircut and you just doing your own thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's cool. That's neat. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I've never done anything like this before. Like you said, with YouTube, I think um, you want to have as short videos as possible so people can watch the entire thing. You can have your watch come up, but it was really cool to kind of open up and go into depth more. I love things like this. It's really, really fun. And I'm definitely going to check out your guys' other podcasts because I love listening to things like that while I'm driving and get inspired and hear other people's stories. That's where I get inspired a lot is hearing people's come up stories and things like that. So it's really cool what you guys are doing. I'm really grateful that you guys had me on here. And for anybody watching that wants to be connected to me more, like they said, it's mbeam10, M-B-E-E-M-1-0 on YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, I post a new video every single Tuesday. I would like to post more, but it's kind of hard working full time and doing that. But definitely look out. I think some big things are coming. And I'll definitely be watching you guys. It'd be awesome in the future if we could do this again or something like that. I really enjoyed this a lot. So appreciate you guys. Good to hear, man. We look forward to watching you too. Take care. Thanks, guys.